1: Hello and welcome to another second opinion with me Dr Christian and as we try and navigate a path through what for all of us I think is a very confusing situation at the moment. Conflicting information and conflicting opinions abound and um, Twitter is rife with conspiracy theories, it's kind of hard to know what to do. There is no definite right answer, there are some very definite wrong answers and we'll try and help you all make sense of those. As I'm duty bound to tell you, the opinions expressed in this forum are purely my own and if you feel unwell you should refer to the current advice. Given by the NHS in terms of calling the 111 helpline or contacting your GP or pharmacist. Well, it wouldn't be second opinion without the Lacey to my Cagney or the Bonnie to my Clyde. It's Alex Danger. Alex, good morning.
2: Hello, darling. I'm trying to remember which one was Lacey and which one was Cagney. I've no
1: idea. Honestly, I just say them, you know. I, I think Cagney them.
2: was the blonde one with the drink problem. And Are you Lacey all right with that was the or? one with the stable relationship and kids. Yes, okay, yeah. We should okay. should probably be the
1: other way around then. I think we might have to swap, don't you? <laughs> make it more realistic. (laughs) How are you this week? Well I'm all right but you know you've been in my head a lot recently because you're, every time we do these podcasts I'm always hoping oh she'll have some problem that we can you know pick apart and dissect and help her with (laughs) and you never do. You're always fine. Do you know what?
2: I am fine but last week I must say I did feel like everybody was on a bit of an emotional roller coaster so you just never knew which kid was gonna have a mini breakdown at which point, And it would be over something really... I just think that everybody's getting a bit pressurised at the moment. I don't know. I don't, and I can't judge it. I can't judge where I am because yeah. I'm getting angry about certain things... I mean, with me, it normally manifests in just a big tantrum. And uh, yeah, those have been a bit more on the surface than they have, <laughs> they have been in the last six weeks. Uh, last oh, week. it's coming then. It's last coming. Last week the was an interesting week. Yeah. I mean, I would say that we're still, you know, we're still in, on good form. We've, It's fine. The, the garden, you know, everything like that, the kids, everything's fine. Yeah. But I would say that everybody knackered. Is anybody else
1: knackered? Yes. Uh, exhausting yeah tired
2: the whole bloody time what's that
1: about I, I don't know I mean I'm hay fevered out as you can probably hear I'm probably sounding a bit nasal so that always makes me tired and grumpy but mm. I think it's yeah it's 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 just it's wearing thin now and I'm you know I'm doing bits of work but I haven't got that sort of strict routine that I used to have so bedtimes are really slipping and alcohol definitely is going up again I was good I haven't been good this weekend I'll be honest with you you know yeah. it sort of just felt like oh I just need something um But that having been said, actually, Mm. you know, I think there's a chink of light in sight. Don't you feel that now?
2: I feel like it's coming to an end, but I feel that a lot of people, myself included, and I never thought I would say this, are slightly apprehensive about the light at the
1: end. That makes do you know what good I mean? sense. what happens next yeah Where do what we go? happens
2: next you know how will the world look when this is all over you know if Forrest says something really interesting yeah. about how we're going to come out of this how are we actually going to come out you, Do you know what i mean i just i i don't feel as if the world is saying yeah we're going to go right back to normal right away and it's just it's just confusing i don't yeah I was talking to my my therapist
1: friend, Rebecca, who you know, she's been on the show about getting some of our patients through this. And it's interesting because we've realised that there are two main cohorts of patients. There are those with anxiety who are terribly anxious during lockdown. As, and we've talked about sort of that sort of thing. But then there is a group of anxious patients or patients who, who don't like going outside and that sort of thing who are doing really well in lockdown because all their normal life challenges have been stopped. They don't have to go out to work. They don't have to use public transport. And for them, our challenge is going to be getting them back out of lockdown, and back in, you know, reintegrated in society again. So we've got these sort of two very disparate groups with the same sort of problem, but both seeing it from very different angles. That's going to be quite a challenge, I think, getting people back to normal.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah. And I think that um, the older generation as well, what is going to happen to them? Because there's lots of rumours, and there's lots of, and I think that sometimes you're dealing with a group of people that's some may or may not this really is not everybody but there will be certain people in that group that don't get it and haven't got it for the last 12 weeks um what they should be doing with the social distancing and stuff so that's another worry i think because i know personally i can feel as if some people close to me are going they've done they've done six weeks it's not been great at all um they're living on their own and they're yeah. not, it, it's it's a really tough call to then think, oh my goodness, could this be another three months? I don't know, it's a lot of what ifs, isn't it? I mean, do, what that's do you me. think of the good things to come out of it? And well, what I mean, do you think I was that-
1: thinking, you know, of, of this, that's, I mean, I, I was going to start with a little historical reference because you know how I like a bit of a historical reference Yes, there. I do. And I was thinking about how on earth am I going to parallel this with a period of history and not use the war because we've used the war too much, I think. And actually, you know, it's, it's very likely that actually Shakespeare... And you know I have to squeeze some Shakespeare into every podcast somewhere, right? <laughs> well,
2: well, at least we know who he is instead of well, some the really obscure know is, class- classical composer that exactly. you've often Exactly. I haven't mention. done obscure
1: composers. I've stuck with Shakespeare, <laughs> you know. But it's very likely, actually, that he wrote one of his greatest plays under lockdown conditions. Um, he probably wrote King Lear when all the theatres were closed and London was sort of locked down for bubonic plague. And I thought, that's really interesting. We're not the first people to have lived through this, actually. You know, those are Shakespeare. And I thought, what a great thing to come out of his lockdown. We get King Lear, which for me is one of the best plays. Okay, it's a bit dark and a bit grim, but nevertheless. You know, so while I've been
2: trying to homeschool my kids and work and all the rest of it, have you written something on a par with King Lear?
1: Well, uh, it's not to compare <laughs> me with him, but wouldn't it be nice? <laughs>
2: <laughs> wouldn't it be nice? But what But what do you think? What do you think the things are? OK, so we, well, hopefully I think, you know what? I think people are writing. It. I've
1: seen a lot of actors are sort of writing and directing and filming their own little pieces on what it's like in lockdown and i'm sure some of those are going to be really quite compelling and quite good actually some of them I think be a bit crap a, right?
2: <laughs> no but i do think I, I agree i think there's been some uh, wonderful creative moments that we are getting to see i think without them being overproduced you know it, they're just they're just being put out there by the people that are making them before they go to lots of different writers and all of that um yeah and get pulled and around i think and that's changed. fantastic there's a wonderful book actually which um is available online through the national literacy agency i've probably got that wrong oh but it's for kids it's aimed at kids and it's been put together um, by authors kids authors and i think they've had over a hundred contributions and you can download it or i think you can look at it and then the idea is that in october they'll make it available and then the Funds will go to the NHS. Yeah. But it's it's a book of hope. So all of the little short stories, poems, and they're all aimed at kids and they're just beautiful, some of them. And they are really hopeful because I think we've been I've been quite bad. I've been reading Hunger Games with my eldest. Well, that's not something you should be reading. (laughs) It's about kids killing each other in a dystopian future. And I'm sort of like, don't worry, it's not going to be like this when we come out of this.
1: (laughs) Well, you say that, but, you know, I think we can come up with sort of rosier. But I think, yeah, those sort of works of art, when people pull together and collaborate, you, you, you create amazing things. I mean, I was thinking more, Okay, these aren't things that necessarily will happen, but these are things that could happen. So I'll give you a for instance, for me as a sexual health and HIV doctor. If you take it in mind that we've all been behaving ourselves for at least six weeks, shall we say, hmm. that would mean that if everybody who was at risk went out and got an HIV test, they would have up-to-date HIV tests, they would know their status, they could jump on getting treatment or not, and we could potentially stop all new HIV infections. Bam, there should be no more new infections. that's a profound that's, thing. to That's be able to pretty say,
2: amazing, isn't
1: it isn't it? And, and actually, in a you know, brought about by a very forced, artificial situation. But how, wow, how to make good out of a situation? If we could stop any new HIV infections occurring in this country, I want to be part of that. Don't you?
2: Yeah. How many? Uh, sorry, I'm going to sideline here. But how many HIV uh, d- uh, infections do we new new cases do we get rack up a year? I'm just wondering.
1: I'm just curious. I, I can't. I mean, probably about. 8,000, something like that. There are about 100,000 altogether um, people living with HIV in this country. No, not 8,000. 8,000 is probably a massive overestimate. I'll get back to you on that. I'll have a look what the latest ones are because I ought to know yeah. that. But figures have got a bit lost in the in all the coronavirus figures, so it's a bit hard to find. Um, but but wouldn't
2: that be amazing if, if you could eradicate it or if you could slow it down? I mean, that, that would just be incredible.
1: I mean, you can see the logic of it, can't you? That if we haven't yeah. been behaving ourselves for a bit, whatever HIV test we have now should be completely up to date for all sexual activity. And therefore, going forward, you know, we know and provided we continue to follow by the rules and things, then it's entirely possible. So what else did I think of? The other thing I thought of, actually, and this is I know there's lots of people out there who are being very, very pressured to do their bit for the NHS. We've all seen it. But what if you sort of don't work in that field or have kind of nothing to do with it? I'm not sure everybody's entirely clapping at eight o'clock on a Thursday. They'd like to do a bit more, do you think? Yeah. But one idea I had actually, and this won't apply to you, Alex, but if you're a smoker, if you're a smoker, if you were to really knuckle down and decide, I'm going to kick that habit now, either move to vaping, it is... Are we still in April? April? Just nearly? You know, no. Or are we, we, we've moved on. We're now in we May. Have actually What's moved not on May for? <laughs> just for? Yeah. But, you know, if you were, um, uh, pretend you're still in April, which which we mm. always used to call vape you know, if you were to move over and, and vape instead of smoking, you'd actually, if, if enough, if the 7 million smokers in this country decided to do that, we would save the NHS billions over their lifetime. I mean, billions. And that's a huge thing to be able to say as well, isn't it? For a relatively small. Action on the part oh, of an individual.
2: I must say, I'm I'm an ex-smoker. Um yeah. and it used to be it was when the God, it's showing my age. It's when the pubs turned around and said that you had to go outside and have to have your fag. Um that kind of sort of put a chink in it for me. And then it sort of slowed much more, obviously, when I had the kids. But yeah. I think it's taking yourself out of the environment, those trigger points. So say if you do go to the pub. Yeah. And then you go, oh, I'll just nip outside and have a fag or whatever. And not having this last six weeks of not being able to do that, maybe that will have a knock-on effect if you can just try and knuckle down. I agree with you. We should have said this really on week
1: one when we started these podcasts. I should have thought about it, really. Shouldn't we I didn't think this. about it then. I'm thinking about it now. So, but, <laughs> but I think that you know, you if, think if cost, you are a yeah. smoker and you are sick of you know sitting around at home smoking, or if you're not having to travel into work, because I, I think a lot of the triggers where there are other people, say like work colleagues who go for a fag, it's yeah really hard not to go with them, isn't it, and be part of that gang or miss out on the socialising that goes on during oh the Oh, my
2: goodness. I mean, I used to think that, because we all smoked back in the day, and I used to think they might be getting a promotion outside because they're more matey with the boss because they're outside having a fact. I mean, it was really like that exactly. at one point.
1: So if we assume that, that has now, is now not happening, actually, you do have quite a good chance. And let's say there are two of you at home, for instance. Mm-hmm. If you both did it together, I think that... Gives you a very, very good chance, and no one's asking you to give up nicotine completely. It would just be to swap it to a safer form, like vaping, for instance, and and off you go. And you're already saving the NHS money, and you can hold your head up high and say, "Well, I've saved the NHS billions over my life," which I think is quite a nice thing to say.
2: <laughs> I get, I get what you're saying about this thing about what did you like, what did you do in the war, what did you do when there was the lockdown, but the advice and everything that we've. Been told has been just stay indoors, just stay put. And I it think has. that it, it, it is that message. It's the weirdest thing because I think we've, I mean, I, I think, and talking the more that we've talked about it, everybody seems to be much more supportive of each other, much more supportive of our neighbours, much more aware of. Just the the things that make the life go around yeah. and and wanting to help. But the way that you can help is to stay at home. So it's a really tricky one, isn't it? Because you, you just can't allow yourself to beat yourself up about that message. You've done the best thing by s- staying put and really actually doing nothing, possibly Absolutely, just eating yeah. a bit too much
1: no <laughs> yeah I'm that's the one thing that i worry about or whatever it is but um, i'll tell you what I
2: mean, I mean yeah you might give up smoking but oh dear put the pounds and the uh booze i mean actually the booze i've, I've really as you know after my first two weeks of like oh my god the news is so drastic I have to have reach for the wine yeah I've really tried not to but it's been it's been a bit of a slog because you kind of want that cutoff point at six o'clock when the kids uh, you've just plonked them in front of the telly yeah but um yeah I've been uh, that's and you that's give been that the... long
1: sigh that end of the day sigh
2: yeah I've been means... really trying to resist that so I've tried to sort of like I don't know go and have a walk around the garden or <laughs>
1: remember <laughs> just... my questions how am I feeling what do I need two most important questions in life
2: yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. i think i need to... there,
1: actually i was thinking that you know the other thing is i think we are going to be so much more sort of mindful really of our well no first of all we're not going to see ourselves as immortal anymore and i think prior to this we were all busy busy heads down chugging along nothing can get us you know Instagram, Instagram, picture, picture, look at me, look at me, immortal, immortal. I think now we're a lot more aware of our own mortality. But out of that comes a sort of greater appreciation for the world around us. I hope I'm not getting too sort of esoteric. But I think, you know, I've suddenly, you know, you lift your head out of your screen, you'd yourself away from Instagram and you suddenly realize, golly. I can hear the birds singing for the first time Well, you can hear the birds singing because the air traffic's right down.
2: The other day, I (laughs) said, oh, you're going to laugh at this, and this does make me sound like I'm wafting around in a caftan, but I have been trying to do some meditation to try and just pull it together and not scream at the kids. You know, I feel like if I do 10 minutes, then hopefully I'll be a better person. So I was trying to meditate, and I was doing – I sort of went and hid in the garden. I'll tell you what, it was too bloody noisy, the (laughs) amount of
1: birds (laughs) – but when would you last hear that many birds like exactly.
2: that? Exactly. I was like, this is just really weird. I'm sitting here and they're... Ah, ah, ah. I just... I was like, I'm, like, I'm in a wildfowl park or something. But just at the bottom of the right? garden.
1: Because... Oh it right, was amazing. It would just be deadness or industrial noise you'd hear, but, you know, nothing or industrial noise, which is... Mm. I and we're on the
2: flight path thinking. here and it's just... it's It has been glorious seeing... You notice the plane. It's <laughs> sort of like, oh, Wow.
1: <laughs> you have- and I know it's a very sort of bittersweet appreciation isn't it because you think well the implications of this but actually you know going forward can we become a bit more mindful I went out I took the dog out for a little walk and I saw I just saw some little wildflowers sort of poking up through the pavement cracks i'd never have noticed them before i'd have just plowed on you know things to do check my emails walk the dog avoid eye contact with people get home and i was looking oh look at these little plants pushing their way up through there and they plucky little fellows you know Um, are you
2: saying hello to people as you pass them in the street
1: i'm giving them a little smile and a nod a very british (laughs) smile and a nod yeah i am
2: that's because you're in the centre of town, isn't it? You see, I'm it out is. in the sticks. We all say hello to each other. You
1: all say hello. A <laughs> smile and nod is pretty good for us, let me tell you, right? That's, that's, that's almost like a hug for you, I suspect, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: Hold up.
1: and the other thing you know i was coming up with is i think we're going to be a lot more mindful of our mental health you know of of our own mental health and the mental health to others before when i used to talk and sort of campaign on mental health you could see unless you'd sort of been there and felt it there wasn't masses of sympathy, not that there wasn't any, but I think it was harder for people to fully appreciate what it means to be anxious or what it means to be depressed. I think now people are far more sympathetic to that, which going forward bodes very well for for, for trying to improve mental health for people going forward. Would you agree yeah. with that?
2: No, I would definitely agree with that. I think it's been a very hard time because all the advice, if you were feeling down or... and. and would be to reach out to people. And if you're in lockdown, how can you actually reach out to people? And if you are older and you don't use social media and you don't use Zoom or all the rest of it, how do you reach out? And I think that is, it is very difficult. Um, So yes, I think people are much more aware um, and much more aware of maybe where they didn't think it was happening in their own family, because we've all raced around. And as you say, look at our emails as we're walking the dog and blah, blah, blah. Now that it's sort of slow, that, that pace has had to slow down. You know, you can't nip to the shops. You have to go to the shops and it's a three-hour round trip because you're queuing and, yeah, you know, all of these things, I think, will add up to you maybe noticing stuff a little bit more in your immediate surroundings and with you, within your family and things like that. I think, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's going to be much more, uh, I think we'll put hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll hopefully be in tune. I can't see it going back to life before. I really bloody hope, and I know that I've mentioned this before, that social media doesn't go back to what it was before. I, I, I hope so too, yeah. have yeah. always been a bit skeptical. And as you know, I'm not great on Twitter. I just find it all a bit, mm. I like it's Instagram. It's a bit nasty,
1: isn't it? It's a bit yeah, nasty. I
2: find it, I just, um, I just find it all a bit like, oh God, I just have I can't fill my head with other more bad vibes, you know. Yeah. However, it's been the most amazing lifeline throughout this. And it's much, I've I've found it a much nicer place. Now, if it could stay like that, if Instagram could just stay with honesty rather than people putting up perfect pictures of themselves where they've filtered themselves to hell and all the rest of it, if they could just stay honest, and as it has been over the last six weeks, in my opinion, not everyone might agree with me, wouldn't that be a nicer place?
1: It surely would. It surely would. I mean, that was going to be one of my other sort of positives was not so much just social media, but technology in general. I think we're all embracing technology much more. And I can take this, you know, so it took my colleagues, the medics, quite a while to embrace things like video consultations, you know, over Mm. Skype or things like that. But that's now all been thrust upon us and no one would question that anymore. But golly, it took a long time. You know, we were doing it on telly 10 years ago and it was very, very frowned upon. And now it's now it's almost the norm. It has to be. So well, this, I, yeah, yeah,
2: sorry. Sorry. I, I've got a friend who's um, a school mum and she's a GP. And she mm. said that they had set up something within a week when this all started when we were still at school that would normally have taken them three years to implement, which was incredible. exactly that. It was doing the consultations over Skype and doing it's them over. It's that. amazing, isn't it? And even you know, it? my
1: dad can now use Zoom and he's got his tablet and his mobile phone and a computer open, which I would never have seen. And my mother's doing things like, hey, Google, can you help me with this? It's it's kind of <laughs> incredible. I would never have heard them do that before. So I think a lot of us have had, and I'm really quite slow and bad with technology, and even I've had to vaguely get up to speed. That's a good thing, isn't it? Technology is here to help us, only if yeah. we let it help us
2: and i'll tell you the other thing the good news is that there was a lot of panic about it all falling to pieces wasn't there when we um went into this um and oh god will the internet cope will everybody with everybody logging on and working from home yeah. seems to be
1: seems to be holding up yeah i can still hear, hear you just and you're quite far away from me
2: you, I, you? I, I am far away from you and also as you know I'm underneath the blanket and I'm getting I'm overheating slightly because because I Are was you? suddenly went into a room that I think you're have allowed
1: to sit up and waft it okay do a little quick just, sit up and flap like a I strange really vulture quiet,
2: <laughs> if I go really quiet it's because I fainted anyway talking of social media you had a busy weekend
1: yeah, I have. I have. I take it you now, mean... what...
2: Right. Can you explain exactly because mean I... mean
1: Mr. Ike? Is that what yeah, you Yeah. So I read you, about you this. You explain to me because i I, I'm I read about it online.
2: <laughs> well, Mr. Ike obviously has been uh, posting lots of his usual theories and uh, it'd be no surprise to lots of people that his current theory regarding coronavirus and where it stems from is... Um, it's somewhat controversial. Um, so, yeah, so this weekend, you and a band of doctors and yeah. medics um, talked to social platforms and said, really, should you be giving this chap a, um, a voice? A voice. And they agreed with you that maybe they shouldn't. So yeah. I think I think hats hats off to you, my friend. But you're you're feeling a bit conflicted, aren't you? Well,
1: you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was saying like, oh, coronavirus is caused by the Jewish people and five G, or or it's just entirely made up, and then giving all this ridiculous health advice. And I think, given how you know misinformation was being clamped down on, I thought, and given how much sort of correcting of misinformation I try and do generally, I just thought this is not right. This man has a million YouTube subscribers and he's putting out these cranky videos. And I thought, you know, come on, if we're going to crack down on all the misinformation, this is a massive source of it. Um, And so, yeah, exactly. We sort of wrote a a joint letter, myself and some other media doctors and people, uh, to say, look, this is not right. And actually Instagram and, no, not Instagram, it was Facebook and YouTube have pulled him entirely. But it's, it's a sort of a small victory to misinformation, but I can't felt, help feeling a little twinge of have I just sort of encroached on this man's right to free speech? Because I'm a big defender of free speech. Yeah. And have I, I just censored well. someone that I don't, you know, and I don't really agree with censorship? Or was he a dangerous menace who was potentially going to harm people? And we put a stop to that. That's, that's sort of... I'm not quite totally comfortable with that. Help me here, Alex. Help me.
2: People will believe what they want to believe. People will believe that Neil Armstrong wasn't on the moon. People will believe that... that, that if you are in that frame of mind... Uh, one of my ex-boyfriends was really into... He loved a the conspiracy theory. And, yeah. and they used to... You know, hours and hours of uh, arguments about why this was the way it was and the yeah. earth was flat, not round, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and I, unfortunately, I think you are gonna those the people that still believe in David Icke will find him. You know, he might be off Facebook, but they will find him. So, however, the people that might have stumbled upon him on Facebook, I think that at this moment in time, when we are having to try and get behind one message, yeah, to be fed other messages.
1: I mean, not just a, not just a wild, not just a mild alternative, but a completely wild alternative. I mean, yeah. nonsense.
2: Yeah. I mean, you saw what happened with the um, the masts and the 5G. We talked about this in an earlier podcast. Yeah. It's just, it, it's inciting a lot of twaddle. However, I do think, I, I wouldn't feel too bad because the people that believe in David Icke are going to go and find him wherever he is. This they is will insane. find
1: a way he's, of he's getting gone their gone David Icke fix. Yeah. But I think as a sort of mainstream subscribable YouTube channel that was as good as promoted I think that was dangerous given the level of misinformation so I think you have helped me Alex I needed to just talk it through you were my therapy (laughs) today I've talked it through (laughs) he's not gone anywhere i will still churn out his nonsensical bullshitty videos won't he as much as he likes
2: I mean can you remember the time when he used to be on like Russell Hardy I mean god that god I'm sounding like I'm 102 Right, when he used to be on all the chat show circuit and he'd be on mainstream television talking this stuff and yeah. with diagrams. I seem to remember him with some <laughs> reptilian diagrams. And you just thought, then he was sort of a bit of a laughing stock. I think it's when somebody moves on to not being a laughing stock and being a bit.
1: And it's when it's, they move onto like, social media that they become pernicious, don't they? and insidious and sort of it gets everywhere. But you think if you're an anxious person at home possibly on your own who is not unable to is not able to shuttle this out and you do start buying into these I mean have you read the Bill Gates conspiracy theories that he's trying to rule the world and vaccinate us all and impregnate us with little secret chips that will control our lives and you know he's it's all he's created this virus just so that he can sell us vaccines again I mean it's it's sort of unbelievable the state we're in I always talk about it that we've got so complacent we're so privileged that we can come up with conspiracy theories because I bet you they're not coming out with conspiracy theories in a very poor country where Mm. they're struggling to even get clean water you know I bet they're not rife with Bill Gates does this and that there it's only here and the land of the privilege that we we are able to we have the luxury of being able to do this but it definitely doesn't make it right does it
2: yeah i would have thought the people that have benefited from bill and melinda gates um malaria um program in certain countries are probably not coming up with any of conspiracy Absolutely theories not. there yeah
1: you know we got a lot of questions in actually on twitter but they're they're all sort of of the same essence and they were all asking about other conditions and i thought actually in the last few minutes of this podcast I could summarize a lot of these with you Alex because Mm -hmm. I wanted to hear how you felt about them so people were asking oh I've got a pain in my back and I'm usually on painkillers or I've got a bit of a rash that comes and goes but I've got it back again and all the messages are saying really don't want to bother my GP or I've got this lump that's come up really don't want to bother my GP and this is really concerning there's a colleague of mine, Carol a who's an oncologist, he's a cancer physician, who says something like cancer diagnoses have gone down by 80% during lockdown. And that's not because cancers have gone away. It's because people aren't coming forward and getting them diagnosed. And I think my last message here is, do not think that you're wasting your GP's time. GPs are still there, you know, be it if they're online rather than in person, you need to go and get things treated. They are very happy to see you. And probably, in fact, they're probably desperate to see anything different at the moment. But don't stay away at home thinking you don't want to take up valuable NHS time. You don't want to take up your valuable GP's time. That's what they're there for. Um, and I would encourage you. In fact, the rules currently are, you're absolutely allowed to go and see your GP unless you or your family have symptoms of coronavirus. Alex, have you I... sort of, have, has any of that encroached on your doorstep? Have you felt tempted no, not we... to bother anything or anything on?
2: Oh well, I told you about the broken collarbone in week two, didn't I? So How's we did that end going? up going. You did two. mention that,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, that was the youngest um, playing tag because I said that um, British bulldog was too dangerous. So then they played a nice game of tag, and he managed to break his <laughs> collarbone. His collarbone. That was in. So that was one of those ones where you go. I mean, I, I, you kind of have lot, to
1: do with that, really, don't you? Kind of got
2: to go to hospital. There's no two ways really about can. it. <laughs> Um, so yes, yeah, so, I mean there there is that. But you said um, in an earlier podcast as well when you were talking about um, anxiety and depression and yeah. a lot of those mental health issues, to that people are scared of talking to therapy therapists or to try and get that initial step maybe with a GP to try and get some treatment and yeah. just how important it was yeah. to actually go and see your GP.
1: I think it's it's I think it's a symptom of those conditions to not want help either because you don't feel worthy of help, you know, or you, you just, when I get down, I get very self-sabotagey. So I kind of spoil opportunities for myself and I don't do it on purpose, like a belligerent child. It's a sort of, it's very hard to describe. It's just a sort of, Oh, just leave it. Who cares? You know? And of course Mm. afterwards you really care because you feel really stupid and, and, and completely ashamed of your behavior. But at the time it's, it, it's what you do. I think one of those things is not coming forward and asking for help. Um, but, but this is about more more general, everyday things. If you've got a new lump that you're concerned about... Go and get it checked out. Do not think, oh, I'll wait till all this is over and then go, which is what a man would do, you know. Mm. But, you know, you should still be having smear tests. You should still be having your breasts checked. You should still be having all these things if you have any concerns. That needs to be my final message, really. Don't hold the NHS so sacred that actually now you feel that you're not able to enter the inner sanctum. You, You can and you must. So keep using your GPs. Keep using services if they are right for you and if you feel that you need them. Well, good advice, Christian. How's that? What do you think? Do you want to come out lovely. under your rug now?
2: Uh, do you know what? <laughs> Could you just do the uh, goodbye bit? Because Let's I'm wrap it up faint. and you can I'm you can
1: really hot. <laughs> well, that's about it for saying an opinion, Alex. Hot, but excellent as always. Thank you. It's been lovely to talk to you. Um, and I think we've covered some really good subjects today. I also enjoy just catching up with you, hearing what I you've know. been doing. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us by emailing surgery at the or you can message me on Twitter at DrChristians if you've got any specific questions or concerns that you'd like me to look into. I don't want to hear anything more about David I. Please, no more about that. Feel free to give us a five-star rating, press the subscribe button and share this podcast on your socials. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.